0: Welcome to Our Stories. I'm your host, Josh Awind. I'll be discussing with my guests stories about what makes them Jewish. We'll dive into their bonds to Judaism and what they hope to pass on to the next generation. Regardless of denomination, gender, or geography, I hope to highlight the commonality between us all through these episodes. Thank you for joining me for these stories Our stories. We are now here overlooking the Judean desert. Am I correct? um, This is actually the Sin Valley. Sin. We all have them. Alright, we're here with Charlie. Uh, Charlie, if you could introduce yourself, where are you from? You apparently like animals, and uh, tell us a little bit your your name, your age, and where you're from. Sure. And then we'll start talking about your Jewishness. Sure. My name's uh,
1: Charlie Smith. I grew up, uh, I was born and raised in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, I've spent some time living both in Israel and also in South Florida, and luckily I have, uh, I'm back here
0: in Minneapolis living, although here we are in Israel uh, having this interview. What was the very, very first, when you were a kid, what's your very first moment of seeing or being, or ju- being Jewish in, in just the broadest sense of the when did When did you feel a transfer of being Jewish? So I'm going to answer that question twice. Uh, the, f- the
1: First, because I have a historical event that was really the first Jewish historical event that uh, made it into my memory, which is the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin. I was maybe four or five years old, not old enough to understand what was going on, but I really under- remember uh, that this had some kind of impact. I remember this was a big deal. So there's answer number one. Answer number two is that there's a very cool program in... Uh, Minnesota in the Twin Cities called the Harry Kay Young Leadership program um, and what they do is they take young adults who are around the age 35 to 45 and they give them Jewish leadership skills and all kinds of different stuff like this um, One of the culminations of the trip or of the uh, program is to actually bring that entire group to Israel. Now back in the early 90s my parents were both Harry Kay fellows and what's really interesting is that they um, came back from their Harry Kay trip um, and unbeknownst to my brother and I, suddenly we were Jewish. Uh, before they had gone to, uh, before they had gone to Israel, they we didn't keep kosher, we didn't celebrate Shabbat. The holidays were an afterthought. No Jewish education, anything like this. Both parents Jewish. Both parents, both my parents Jewish. Both raised in relatively, you know, Jewish homes, uh, Reform, Conservative movements. So, uh, but when they returned, suddenly um, I noticed that the meals that we were eating were changing. And on Friday nights, we were suddenly supposed to be home instead of being able to go over to friends' houses. And the next thing I knew, I was in Jewish day school. So I really cite my parents' first trip to Israel as that first moment for me when I became Jewish in my own life. It's when our family really became a Jewish family instead of families that happen to be Jewish. And how old were you again? Uh, gosh, this so my first year in Jewish day school in uh, St. Paul, at the Talmud of St. Paul, was in second grade. So it was probably the year right before that.
0: How old's the kid then? Seven? 7 Seven-ish. So then that's when your home became far more... Observant of at least recognizing of certain being Jewish
1: certainly and, and it was a snowball effect after that you know by eighth grade um, I went to the Twin Cities Jewish Middle School and was tying to fill in every day and davening every day and studying Torah every day and learning Hebrew every
0: day so without a doubt that was a, a major influence so then what so then what pushed you to continue why, why did it stick why did it what what did it cement for you when did it go from just practice to you know, certainly great question. Preach. Great
1: question. Um, I think that a big transition for me was as much as, um, I was Jewish. Why was I Jewish? My friends were Jewish and my parents were Jewish. So that was the reason that I was up until, uh, about halfway through high school. Now, of course, uh, you know, I've noted earlier that, uh, the first change happened when my parents spent some time in Israel. My change also, uh, happened when I came to Israel for the first time. I, as a junior in high school, I got to spend about seven months here living on a kibbutz uh, called Kibbutz Suba, right near Yerushalayim um, through the Eisendrath International Exchanges, the Reform Movement's uh, program here in Israel. Living in Israel, I still came I came to Israel ready to tie to fill in every day, ready to wear a tallit every day, ready to daven every day. But Israel was the first time I was exposed to the concept that you can just be Jewish. You can live Jewish. It doesn't necessarily require... Religious observance in order to have a Jewish soul, in order to live a Jewish life. Uh, so really, yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole concept of this secular Jewish life that is available to Israel is what I ended up bringing back with me uh, after that program in high school and really informed my Judaism for the rest of my uh, into my adult life. How? Um, great question. It was really the exposure to the Hebrew language and that, so Israelis wake up every day. They go to work. They go home. They hang out with their families. Regular life, just like we have in America. What makes it Jewish? They're in Israel. They're speaking Hebrew. They're the signs that they see around the world have Jewish connotations. Uh, we, you know, we were talking about graffiti the other day earlier on this program that we happen to be here in Israel today. Uh, that the graffiti is even like um, has its nuance, o- nuance and its origins here in uh, the Torah. Like the, the, there's Torah references in graffiti by a secular Jew. So it was all these kinds of different ways to experience Judaism in a more um, visceral and more human way rather than it, having it be spiritual or religious. Interesting. So then where, where are you going with Judaism now? Um, it's a great question. You know, um, I have recently actually made a career change. Uh, once upon a time, I, I've lived a few different lives here in my short 30 years. Most recently, I was working in commercial real estate. Um, and my wife actually asked Let's me. Let's talk about that real quick. Sure. How did you get involved
0: with commercial real estate?
1: Wow, that's a different path. So, again, you know, without giving you the whole life story, once upon a time, I lived in Israel after college, um, I thought I wanted to be a Jewish professional. I actually went to rabbinical school for a short period of time, about one year, uh, before deciding that that wasn't the right place for me, go figure, considering all my secular act- attitudes, um... And after getting back to the United States and living a couple of years uh, down in South Florida I decided that I, if I wanted to be affect the life and changes that I wanted in the world if I wanted to really affect the world the way I wanted to I needed to become a wealthy person in order to have my name on the outside of the like the Jewish institution instead of on the inside of the Jewish institution and, and you catch my drift and you couldn't have done that with just thought and action you thought that at group- that time at that time I truly believed I looked around me and I saw who are the ones that are affecting change it's the extremely Wealthy philanthropists that are able to put their money uh, behind a project or something that they believe in. So I went to business school and uh, originally planned on going into uh, financial advising, uh, investment, all that kind of fun stuff. Once uh, I started learning that you have to take derivatives of derivatives of derivatives and make made up uh, yeah, but made up math to create securities that don't really exist. I backed off and decided that real estate was really the thing I was most comfortable with. Brick and mortar, income, expenses. They're not making any more land. No, no. It's a, yeah. It was a conceptually easier for me to wrap my head around. Uh, so I ended up going into real estate for a few years and I, yeah. But, but the question is with who? Um, oh, so I started down in South Florida working with uh, an organization called uh, Integra Realty Resources. They're a commercial appraisal firm. How'd you get the job? Um, not through a Jew, if that's what you're hinting at. Asking, but i Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, no, I went to the University of Miami for my MBA, and there was a, uh, you know, one of these seminar programs that the university was putting on. Shook a few hands, met the right guy. Sure. He was looking for an analyst. I got hired with him. Um, after moving back to Minnesota a couple years later, I knew that appraisal really wasn't what was scratching my itch in real estate. I yep. really was more interested in development. Um, and a close friend of mine, Max Grinberg, uh, who happens to be a Jew, I uh, happen to be working for a company called the Ackerberg Group in Minneapolis. And, uh, you know, he invited me to apply for this position. He put in a good word for me. Um, Stu's a major uh, community player in Minneapolis in the
0: Jewish community. The the reason I ask is not to discredit your abilities as a, as a, as a real estate investor It's just more to highlight the idea that the sense of community helped you, was there to support you, and and push you down that you saw a need it's like oh I have a friend who's in the real estate business I'll call him and then of course your friend said all right, let's go let's start together if it works out great if not we can always part ways you can go be a Jewish professional but at least at the the beginning hey my friend I went to high school with I'm familiar with I, I need help do, what, what can we do together?
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Really, uh, that was really accurate. I, you know, I've always been somebody who's always leveraged my Jewish networks. I've been moving to new cities since I graduated from high school, and without a doubt, those Jewish networks have always been a big part of my life.
0: Yeah, yeah. So then, moving forward, now you said, all right, real estate's going to be a hobby. I'm now going to push forward and do, and I want to train and and and. You want to put the Jewish path on a new trajectory that has your mark on it. Certainly.
1: Um you know, uh, one of the thing I think the conversation and I have had earlier is that one of my favorite things to do is to challenge people's preconceived notion and what it means to be Jewish. What can be Jewish. You know, uh, we joked uh, that there's so many different ways, we say in Hebrew, there's more than one way to be a Jew. And so often I hear people getting stuck in the bubbles that were given to them or forced upon them by a Jewish institution or a grandparent or this and that and the other thing. And like you said, you know, it's a big thing for me to really help people understand what their Judaism is and what it means for them, themselves. Interesting. So then what are you doing to do that? Um, the easiest thing is uh, in my professional life. I now work for the Jewish Federation, and I'm empowered to be having one-on-one conversations, much like this one, with people all over the Twin Cities. I work for both Minneapolis and St. Paul Jewish Federations, and I get and I'm very much uh, tasked with taking different folks out to coffee, picking their brains, finding out what makes their Jewish lives tick. And then I try to figure out a way to tap them into the resources that are available in our our community to develop their own
0: sense of Judaism. What's been the hardest part of doing that? What's been the biggest pushback or resistance to doing that? Um, I think one
1: of the big challenges has been for people to kind of get what I'm selling, Um, It's. I I find that folks have a difficult time breaking that mold. Uh, We uh, uh, there's a concept called cognitive fixedness, uh, which means that we have uh, once once we see something, we're used to dealing with that in the way that it was originally intended. For example. A bicycle is a bicycle. What do you use it for? To get from point A to point B. Suddenly you hook up a little charger onto your uh, or a power converter onto the wheel itself, and suddenly you're generating electricity. It's using something that had a certain uh, task and giving it a different task to do more things. Sure. So I try to apply that same concept to Judaism. Um, For example, I have a lot of friends that get together for game nights. Uh, I've talked to countless like board, people, games board, board games and whatnot um, and so i asked folks you know you're already getting together with your friends to do this have you done it on a friday night have you tried you know i know you said you wanted to do more jewish things have you thought about throwing some shabbat candles on that game night different things and because it, it really does mean different things for, for different people i've even offered uh people the idea that that game night getting together with your friends maybe some of them are jewish Maybe that's your Jewish activity in and of itself. Maybe you don't need to bring any ritual items into that. Why? Um, again, it's a great, I love the way you're challenging this, but uh, the way, the big thing is because what stirs your own Jewish soul? That's the question I like to ask. I thought you were going to say what well, stews your own Jewish juice, but stews your doesn't. own Jewish juice. I like that. I'm stealing that. <laughs> stirs what your stews own your own Jewish, Jewish juice? juice. Uh, Ooh, can I change it even more? What squeezes your Jewish juice? Yeah, I don't like that It's a little physical. It's a little physical. Stirring, it's it's a little gentle. (laughs) Sure, Uh, what stirs your Jewish juice? Yeah. Um, And, you know, and that's really it for me. Um, You know, I recall in college times that I was hanging out with buddies, listening to fish, uh, you know, three o'clock in the morning after a night out. And those were some of the most spiritual and deep experiences I had. Even if we were talking about bullshit, Mm -hmm. it still ended up having... Uh, deepened our relationships with each other and it deepened our ability to think on a high spiritual level
0: even if we weren't necessarily talking about Judaism itself. Yeah, just the sense of community amongst Jewish people. Do you ever get pushback against, like, why do I need to bring uh, Shabbat? Let's just do game night. I don't really want to do... I mean, sure, all again? the time, all the
1: time, all the time, and I, it's really important uh, in my line of work to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't try to push anybody. That's not the th- that's not the thing. I don't. I never uh, put my hand, push my hands. Uh, uh, the, vertically, I'm always. Sh- I always offer them laterally yeah. as an open hand. To, to take not a hand to push. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah, so do I have people that push back? Certainly, but I'm not trying to push them.
0: What do you think that pushback is related to? Do you think it's a pushback of like fear on their end? Do you think it's, oh well, uh, I m- Jewish, uh, I gotta do something. Where, what's my relationship with God? Why can't I just play Monopoly with my friends? And certainly. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of answers to that. And I think it's
1: a really individual, uh, the, the answer is individual for each person um some people j- have a bad taste in their mouth from uh hebrew school i can remember this uh growing up and getting yelled at for chatting with your friend you only get to see once a week and that's the whole reason you came to sunday school anyway mm-hmm. and they're sitting there trying to tell you about the bar kochba revolution yeah yeah i could can see why you might uh not be so interested to be engaging in a quote-unquote jewish way
0: yeah
1: um to the same token, you know, some people maybe, I, I've even heard the extreme examples that people were abused or like truly yeah. had very oh, traumatic yeah. experiences happen to them in a Jewish setting, and that turned them off. And I can, how do you not empathize yeah, with that? So again, just trying to reframe people's minds and say whatever negativity you had doesn't need to be part of your Jewish life today. Okay. And at least offering them the, the idea. Again, uh, you know, I try to plant seeds is the biggest thing. I don't think I'm ever going to, you know, get an apple from this person. I, I hope I, that they maybe I planted a seed and years down
0: the road or weeks down the road, maybe maybe there'll be a, a sapling. So that's your driving force towards how you are using Judaism. Is there anything in your relationship with your wife that, is there Jewish beliefs and values that you are bringing to your relationship
1: um, it's a great question. Um, you know, incidentally, my wife is Israeli. I actually met her staffing a birthright trip once upon a time. Uh, I was the staff member. She was the Israeli soldier. Um, and so after a long-term courtship, we eventually ended up both living in Minnesota, and now we're living our lives together. Um, what's really cool about my relationship with Shaked is that she really understands what I'm talking about. Being an Israeli herself, she never even considered herself Jewish until she was exposed to American Judaism. Um, she'd always considered herself Israeli, and she understood that Israeli, you know, you're a Jew, ethnically and all this stuff. She considered herself a Jew, she just never considered herself Jewish. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in our daily lives, I really feel like our daily lives are similar to that in Israel. She and I speak Hebrew with each other. She and I, uh, think Jewish lives you know the, the the news stories that affect Jews all around the world these are the topics of conversations that we have mm-hmm. so I think that our Jewish life is very much ingrained in just our relationship it's very much tied to the land I mean that's how we fell in love I'd be lying if I said that our mutual love for Israel and uh, everything that it means even the good even the bad mm-hmm. um, is really what drew us together to begin with
0: interesting great uh, is there is there a way that you want to potentially raise kids or raise a family or uh, you raise your dog <laughs> in, a, in a Jewish way or in some sort of... Is there a major value that you want to at least stamp at the beginning of... of because you're at the beginnings of your family mm-hmm. and, and starting a family, is there is there something similar to how your parents went on birthright that, that directed you? Do you have a, uh, an idea where you're going to take your your kids and your family and, and, and move forward.
1: Certainly. Um, point of clarification, they actually met on a Harry K. trip. It was Sorry. a mission trip and yeah, not yeah. a birthday trip. Very similar concept, yeah, yeah. though. Um, and, yes, I'm realistically, and I might be putting the, court, the heart, cart in front of the horse here, and, you know, we're talking years down the line, but Shaked and I do want to raise our family in Israel. Um, it's a really big important thing for both of us. Um, living in Israel a couple of times in my life, it's always been on my mind that eventually I want to end up here in Israel. And uh, Shaked wants to go back. Uh, She and I always joke that despite her best efforts, she's achieved the American dream. Mm -hmm. Uh, She never wanted it, but she wanted a relationship with me. So she knew that um, at least to begin our relationship, it needed to be in Minnesota. But early on in our discussions, we knew that um, our Jewish lives, our lives, our adult lives, our family life would be here in Israel. And that...
0: And, and all that comes with it, and all, all that, all that the comes concerns, with it concerns all of the, the raising well, of kids course, to of army, course. Oh, and, and, and you know, it's, you make a great point. It's one of the
1: biggest pushbacks I get when I speak to Israelis, because one of the main reasons I really want to raise my children in Israel is so that they do the army. I think it's an important thing for us Jews to do. I don't believe in regrets. But that's my biggest regret: is never having done my service for Israel and whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Israelis often push back. How could you ever? You don't even know. How could you ever want to put your child into that situation? And uh, I, I think I'd be naive to not acknowledge those issues mm-hmm. and that dichotomy, and uh, and frankly the, um, the 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 fear that comes along with raising a child, knowing that they are going to be somehow involved in a military experience, but it's that important to me. I think that we all have our, as Jews, we all have something to contribute to the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't end up for me to be uh, an Israeli soldier, but I think I'd at least like to give my children the opportunity to do that. Meanwhile, I think it's also really important for me to uh, raise my children also with an an awareness of American Judaism, Mm -hmm. because I think that that's a, um, I wouldn't say a detriment, but certainly Um, It's almost a dichotomy. Yeah, it's something that's missing, I think, from uh, Jewish awareness in Israel, is that a a Debbie Friedman song can be very, very, very spiritual and very Jewish. Mm -hmm. Um, So as much as we want to raise our children in Israel, um, I grew up in Jewish summer camps in the United States. There's no better way to help someone to understand American Judaism than to send them to an American Solidified Jewish yeah Judaism. Yeah. And I really want them to... The biggest dream for me is to have my children understand both sides of the coin. That dichotomy that exists between secular Israeli life and more liberal Jewish American life. Mm-hmm. And if I if I do my job correctly, I hope I can give that gift to both my... Or give both of those gifts to my children. And your family. Pardon?
0: All right, well, thank you for your... Uh your insight and your words of Torah.